a simple mnemonic device for you to remember in case you're about to put your money or your blood into anything. Vlads are bad. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. You know, Jeff, the the AI revolution is is it here? It's coming. It's on its way. It's it was five minutes ago. Depending on what I read, it's different. But what yeah. I know is AI is a thing. It's taking our jobs. I know that. I it's know be, that it, it's, it's certainly it's taking our jobs. Podcasting and like like next week, it's starting a podcast. Some AI, you know, tried to get our URL, our 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 domain name from us, so it could podcast in our stead. That's my understanding. And here's and here's what I said to the AI. I said, "Listen, do it. Give us give us twenty dollars." <laughs> so, this is, not, this is why you're the bad bad at just, being the money guy. No, but <laughs> listen, they, they the AI says it's Anthony Carboni and Jeff Kanata. Yeah, and then we don't do the podcast anymore, but the podcast still comes out, and yeah. we get twenty dollars. I don't think that that's going to last as long as you think it's going to last. Uh, excuse me, Jeff. I have 80% of my money in GameStop and Dogecoin. <laughs> so who's the savvy investor out of the mm, two of us? Touche. Answer touché. that question. Yeah. I don't think you can. I bought at 368. Yeah. <laughs> and that thing is going nowhere but up. Baby to the moon. We, we going to the moon, boys. Get on the rocket ship. Uh, I do have a couple shares of GameStop. It's fine. I'm, how it's much fine. Doge do you got? That Doge I don't have any coin. Doge. I don't have any Doge. That's ridiculous. That's the next That's big ridiculous. thing, baby. Doge. I have some, no, it's not. And I'm not, this is not a crypto thing and I am not a crypto guy and I will not publicly become a crypto guy on this podcast. I will not explain Doge here. Anybody <laughs> who explains cryptocurrency in public is, uh, is, a, is a, a garbage person. <laughs> <laughs> I, right, picture the them, I picture them wearing I picture them wearing the shoes with the toes. Mm, yeah. You know? Sure. Uh, yeah, doge toes, uh, they call it. I picture them wearing the shoes with the toes and they have and they have very expensive vape rigs that they built themselves. I'm not yeah. that person. But right. don't invest in doge. Here's what you should know. AI. It's happening. Mm-hmm. It's coming. We're talking about, you know, a lot of time we're talking about machine learning most of the time. Look to your left, look to your right. One of those things you looked at was AI, probably. Probably. And the way you can tell is it looks like a person, but when you squint at it, it's like paisley and covered in weird dogs. (laughs) Yeah. That's how you can tell. That's how you Uh, can always tell. If you look real close, it's unsettling. Um, So the way that we normally get AI or machine learning, the way this normally works is an AI is trained, right? Right. And so the way the way the AI is trained, like when you think about play a um, billion D games of Go, right? Yeah, play a billion games of Go, and you will learn Go as it happens, right? right. And you will you will get better. Or uh, you're gonna like deep fakes. I'm gonna give you twenty thousand pictures of this guy's face, twenty thousand pictures of this guy's face. Can you turn these pictures? into this set of features, right? Right. And you tra- mm-hmm. and the longer you train an AI, the better it gets at it. Now, the more disconcerting it appears. Yeah, the, it, the more <laughs> disconcerting it appears until you come out the other side and all of a sudden Bill Hader is Arnold Schwarzenegger and you don't like it, but it happened and it was kind of seamless, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh-huh. Uh, now, here's the thing about that. Computationally, that's very expensive, right? If you think yes. about it, it takes time. You're, it takes muscle to play a billion D games of Go. Yeah, or if you're doing a deep fake, you've got you've got high end video cards working for sometimes ten to fifteen days, just training over and over. And you know you're running these giant computers. Um, it's very expensive, right? Um, yeah. Now, so is standard computing. Okay, so let's say you and I are going to uh, we're looking for a restaurant to eat at and we Google the hours for. um, Well, let's face it. If it's you and me, we're not going to a restaurant. We're going to a donut place and we Google we're eating donuts for dinner and we Google like when uh, donut friend closes. Okay, God, now I want donuts for dinner. I always want donuts for dinner. (laughs) Um, That seems like a very easy action, right? 
Yes. But it's not an energy-free computation. There is a substantial carbon footprint to this, right? Because okay. Google is not an AI, but Google is algorithmic, right? So Google is looking at what you put in and it's trying to figure out based on its algorithm what you want to see. So it returns a whole page of things that it keeps in a database, right? Mm-hmm. All of these things cost a lot computationally as well. You've got to store the database. You've got to you've got to send the data back and forth. Google has to constantly tweak its algorithm, right? And that's okay. not that's done by a human being. That's not done by the machine itself. All of this stuff is expensive. What if I told you, Jeff, that we have made a large step towards something that is going to not just revolutionize revolutionize AI, but revolutionize standard computing by making it a lot less resource intensive. We have made a quantum brain. A quantum brain? Yes, so, Jeff. So let me, let me try to unpack that phrase. Uh, you're saying that there's a, uh, a, a computer, a CPU. We have quantum computing already. And mm-hmm. the idea there being that we could do multiple actions, multiple computations simultaneously without any additional energy output. Is that what we're talking about? Sort of. Yeah, sort of. Um, so this is a uh, this is a paper that was just published in Nature Nanotechnology, uh, mm. the the Sunday insert of one of our favorite uh, journals, Nature. I, I got to re-up my <laughs> subscription, man. I uh, I let that lapse. And I, I'm, I, you know, I'm missing all the juicy stuff. So uh, basically what is good about this is it is neuromorphic computing. So instead of a computer that uh, looks the way that we expect it to with the processor on the motherboard and all this stuff, you know, the, the memory is on a sim, you know, whatever you picture. Uh, this is a computer that is designed to mimic biological structures of the brain. All right. We're making brain computers. We are making brain computers, baby. Finally, finally. Uh, okay. So in what way now, knowing what I know about how much we know about how the brain works, yeah. which is very little, very little, how, how are we doing this exactly? Well, we have learned a lot about the structure of the human brain in the last decade. Obviously the brain, there are two giant brain mapping projects that have been mm-hmm. running for the last decade that have been, we've been learning more and more and more and more. Um, and we know enough to know the simple structures, right? So our brains uh, use signals sent from neurons, these brain cells that we call neurons, and uh, it transfers the information that the neurons receive into action. And so basically what happens is they put, these these researchers put cobalt atoms, cobalt atoms of cobalt onto a superconducting surface made from black phosphorus, which is dope as hell. And then they struck it with lightning on a Mm -hmm. dark and stormy night, laughing maniacally. Right. And then, and then Thor comes in with his hammer Mm -hmm. and gives it the the last bit of lightning that it needs. And Joss and Joss Whedon really wanted you to see its penis, but you can't see its penis. Okay. (laughs) It was a bad idea. Joss Whedon. That was a weird idea. Um, Basically, the atoms have something that's called spin states. Okay. Okay. Spin states are basically, uh, our, our atoms, they do the same thing. They, they, they spin around, atoms spin around and based on their spin states, they are zeros or ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. So instead of storing information on this quantum computer, instead of there being some sort of database, instead of there being 10,000 images of a face, these these uh, atoms are just spinning. They're spinning. They're they're spinning as they're taking in information and they're remembering the things that they take in. Okay. So basically, because they can be either zeros and ones, it, it replicates a binary computer language. Is that what, what you're saying? So if you th- well, if you think about our brain as a series of electrical switches, synapses, right? Because now mm. we we have learned enough about the brain to understand sort of the physical things, the, the actual physics of what's going on. If we don't understand, if 
we don't understand all the reasons, we understand the physical properties. And that's what kind of makes making quantum brains or quantum or AI kind of interesting to me is like, we're replicating the physical structure of the brain as much as we can without knowing exactly why the brain is doing what it does. Right. So, so we're sort of learning as we go. We're like, oh, By the brain, yeah. Yeah, the, the brain should do this because that's what brain yeah. do when we think this way. Well, why yeah. do brain do that? We don't know. But if we make it's computer like, do that, computer have brain. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like me learning how to play Stairway to Heaven without knowing how to play the guitar. Yeah, I I, I can kind of make my hand do Stairway to Heaven. I couldn't play anything else. I can't play the guitar, but I can play. I don't know how the guitar works. I don't know what the scales are. I don't know why guitar do. But But here. But here's the thing. Stairway to Heaven recreated with my hands. (laughs) You do enough of those, right? You do enough of those YouTube videos that just show you hand placement. Yeah. And you do start learning about guitar. A lot of people start learning that way. And when you think about it, learn by doing, that's exactly how the brain works. Um, So what's kind of fascinating about this is um, they basically wanted to embed information inside of these spin states and simulate neurons firing and simulate these synaptic connections. Um, So instead of... uh, so, So what they're doing is they are making this... They're making this cobalt on this black phosphorus do what neurons do to the best of their ability. Um, And what they were seeing is as they stimulated the material over a longer period of time with a certain voltage, the synapses actually changed. Hmm. What does that mean? The material adapted its reaction based on the external stimuli it received. So this is, so basically it's what learning. they were doing, it's learning. Well, that's it's crazy. learning and growing synaptic connections. Nothing can go wrong from this point forward. Baby, nothing can go wrong. <laughs> we're making brains, baby. <laughs> so I don't understand how this is a quantum feature. It seems like those, those cobalt atoms can only be in two well, states remember, right remember remember quantum basically quantum is a uh is a designation of 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 a size and type of thing right we're right. using we're using atoms here so it's quantum right okay we we've, oh, been ta- we've been taught to think about quantum it's like the quantum realm ant-man go real tiny yeah he goes sub he goes subatomic he quantum Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So since we're using that scale, it's mm-hmm. by definition a quantum, but it's not, it's not, so it's not how quantum, is this? It's not quantum the way we've been trained to, we've been trained to respond to the term quantum in computing, right? right? Quantum right. in computing, like we love quantum computing articles because they're all about, we, we took an atom three days ago and we spun it <laughs> and, yeah. and 17 weeks later, a guy on the street gave me a dollar and said, the atom told me to be here. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Like that's the shit that yeah. we're seeing. And we're all yeah. kind of like, what does this computer do? Um, so we tend to think about quantum uh, a, in terms of like really weird high level Stephen Hawking throw. Up, right. You know what I mean? I think of Here's, it as things being in multiple states at the same time. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and existing outside of time in some sort of way. But this mm-hmm. is just like, hey, look at these little look at these little baby things. Look at these little baby things. And the way this works is um, it's called a Boltzmann brain, the type of thing they're making or a a Boltzmann machine, which is uh, which is a thing that's been around for a while. So what it does is uh, a Boltzmann machine is uh, is a stochastic recurrent neural network. So what stochastic means is we don't control the output. We don't know what it's going to do. There's a little bit of randomness in there. We hmm. know that we can tell the computer, we, we can tell the atoms go up, go down, go zero, go one, right? Yeah. But we don't know exactly when they're going to do that. There's a certain amount of fuzzy randomness to it that is sort of needed, theoretically, to make things learn. It needs to draw its own conclusions. It needs to do its own random things. Okay. Now, you might be asking, Jeff, 
what can we do with this computer right now? What, what can we do with this computer right now? What are we going to do with this, with this brain right now? Yeah. Fu- fucking nothing. This don't nothing? do shit. This don't do shit yet. All right. Well, I'm glad we put a lot of work into it at least. Uh, yeah. Cause here's what's up. We got to make it respond like a brain. We got to make <laughs> it grow like a brain. And then mm. when it does, we can start training the brain in more and more complex ways. Have we That's tried what taunting we're hoping it? For. Uh, we have tried, we have tried poking the brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've tried, and we have noticed that the brain sort of registers. I don't know. It's what we call an angry state. Mm, and, uh, mm. you're, you're thinking about things like super states, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like a quantum super state. What I'm telling you is there is an angry state. The atoms spin to zero to one to angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's make it more angry and maybe it'll learn to hate well, us. Uh, yeah. And I mean, listen, that's, that is the, uh, that is the style of training and parenting that my father went with. And I did learn a lot. <laughs> yeah, so there it you does, go, see? so it does work. And Nothing I am wrong with uh, your brain. No, I'm very healthy. <laughs> and, uh, and what is that supposed to mean? And shut up and don't look at me anymore. <laughs> so um, you started this whole conversation saying that, this could be an answer to energy problems or, or yes. uh, efficiency problems. Yes. How does that, how does this computer manifest a more efficient form of computation? Number one. So tiny. <laughs> real small. S- so tiny, real small. Takes very little electricity to run at all. Okay. Cool. Sort of like uh, sort of like our brains. Our brains don't take a ton of electricity to run. Right. So we are creating these tiny, dense, computerized brains that also don't need to store static information, right? You don't need to add more and more drives. You don't need to add a bigger and bigger database file to these things. They just learn, right? Like you our brains do. Like yeah, our you don't brains. add capacity to our brain. You can just keep learning stuff every day of your life. And it doesn't, there's, there's no running out of space. There's no running out of space. And then the third thing is the, uh, the final ability to learn and understand, right? Like Google is still bringing me 300 pages of results for everything I search because there is a certain level. There is a little bit of a level of uncertainty within Google. Right. And some of it is that we want to see variety. If I'm looking up the definition of a thing, I'd like to see 10 different ways that it's defined or 10 different opinions on it. But yeah, it's also very unsure as to what we want. It can only give us what we want in terms of popularity algorithmically popularity and what seems to match the phrase whereas this and it has to search and compare in order to do that whereas an ai a quantum brain when we say what time does donut friend close it's like oh i know donut friend yeah Yeah, donut friend closes at eight right yeah i get it it. doesn't (laughs) context and because it's able to learn uh and adapt so And that's inherent in the structure of how this works. That's, that's, the, that's in, the part I'm having a hard time understanding is like me the structure. Too, it's, buddy, <laughs> isn't it weird? Yeah. I don't understand why that should be right. If, if it's so just, if, you imagine, uh, if it's just if you, molecules uh, in, in yeah. different States, like why, why would that be any different than anything else in two different States? Why does our brain work how it works? We, oh, yeah, don't, we don't know entirely know yet, but yeah. we can't, but here's what we can say. Our, synaptic connections are malleable they strengthen weaken grow shrink add and subtract based on the information that we take in things become stronger and we know how to think and we know what people when you ask me a question i know how to answer it with all of the information that i have at my fingertips Mm -hmm. right and i know that just because i've been thinking my whole life right and when you ask me something, it hits all of the right, best, slidiest, goopiest connections because they are slidey and goopy. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. They are slidey goopy and it just goes directly to the place it needs to go because you you give me the you give me the stimulus. My brain takes that stimulus and gives the result. Uh, yeah. How will it know? Now, here's the other thing. 
that, like I said, this brain's going to have to get smarter. That's the other thing. But it should get smarter much faster than your standard, uh, uh, your standard sort of step and repeat model that we use right now, this sort of iterative model, you know, mm-hmm. because it's going to be able to pull on a bunch of different connections. Right now, if, you, if I, you know, if I show you my face and uh, like Mark Hamill's face, I just watched the Corridor Crew video where they, where they did the, the Mandalorian shot, but they did it their own way. Yeah. So if I so if I show you my face and Mark Hamill's face and I go like this and I'm like, draw me a picture of Mark Hamill doing the thing that I did. You yeah. know so much about faces and you know so much about expressions and you know so much about what different objects are that that's easy for you. Yeah. Because you can draw multiple connections. Right. Right now, computer only do one thing. Yeah. Computer compare images over and over until computer understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? I get it. So, so you, I'm draw, you're drawing on the sum total of your experience because it's all still stored in your brain, and you're able to make comparisons between uh, moments before in your life when you did that. Computer, mm-hmm. we don't, we haven't figured out a way to make computer do that. Computer just goes, mm-hmm. I'm going to brute force this by doing it a billion times a- until I get to the result that we all want. Yeah, but if the computer could just could just think a little bit about yeah. other about other things that it's that it's learned before or that it's been asked before and and draw that connection that we draw those abstract connections it right. would be a hundred times faster at what it does this is and, this is how we get to all those big questions of what's the difference between computer doing that and computer being a person yeah you know, this is how we get to those questions. Do we show once, the once computer, computer penis or do we not show the computer penis? <laughs> Paul Bettany I mean, says, Paul Bettany says, I don't think we need to show the computer penis. Usually in my experience, computer shows me penis. <laughs> that's, what, that's one thing it's good at. In all that's honesty. one thing it knows how to do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the place we get to is, okay, if it's laterally thinking, if it's using its life experience to make new connections between two disparate thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now it's person. Now it's person. Well, right? that's what's the difference between that and personhood. Oh, um, soul. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe you forgot, forgot about- a little something called a soul. Jeff? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Maybe you forgot yeah. our, our spirit, which become ghost. Jeff? This is why a uh, computer can't podcast, right? Cause it's no all soul. about soul. Yeah. We put our soul into this motherfucker. Let me tell you something. There's one thing I think about when I think about podcasts, it's how <laughs> soulful most of them are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, we are, uh, we are uh, kind of a long way out from this thing happening, but we are at this kind of interesting prototype stage, right? Um, they've got this brain. It's responding to it's responding to the electrical impulses. It's reacting. It's creating synaptic connections. Um, the next thing is they really want to build a full scale computer out of this thing. Sure, they do. That's yeah. the next step. With a with a face mm-hmm. and a penis. Yeah, you know, all probably of the, whole, a the whole thing, <laughs> the whole Listen, thing. What what is what do computer need? Cape, <laughs> gem on head. Yes, penis. gem on head. Penis. Mm-hmm. Penis. Um, I'm excited else, for this. Yeah, uh, dude, this is terrifying, but but thrilling. I mean, this is like next level. Make make a computer behave in ways that are unpredictable, and you know we've seen that a bit with this this other style of AI where. You know, the scientists and the the programmers and the designers of these things go, oh, you know, it's it's playing go in ways we didn't teach it. We didn't foresee. No human has ever played go that way. It's coming up with its own things. But to to do that because it iterated itself into an effective strategy versus, oh, it just learned to. To think outside the box, <laughs> yeah. I mean, wild, right? It's so it's it's so rad. And there was this there was this uh, novella I read along. It was it was it was written in 1994 
uh, by this guy, Roger Williams. It's called The Metamorphosis of the Prime Intellect. And it was available online for years for free. I think he finally started self-publishing it in 2002. But um, it was written, he's a programmer, and it was written from his point of view about what happens when we finally achieve this sort of thing, right? Yeah. And it was actually like a very, it was a very sort of positive take on it, which, you know, normally it's like, oh, here comes the AI where we, either we yeah. are going to treat the robots terribly or the robots are going to yeah, treat Skynet. us terribly. Yeah. Here it comes and, Skynet. But I love the metamorphosis of the prime intellect because it was literally like, nah, the computer, we made the computer and the computer's like, thanks for making me. And, and it turns out keeping us happy is such a small, small <laughs> portion of what the computer's capable of oh, that it, like, That's it funny. can keep, it can keep us happy with like, Point oh 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 something percent of its cycles, yeah, and so what's it just it doing? Gives a, what's it doing with the other percentage? It what's doesn't it doing? matter because we're I mean, happy and we're thriving as as a civilization, and we're doing I everything guess. we want. But if it has other, if it's got another agenda, what is what's on that agenda? See, what, that's, is it, what you, does it want? You got to read this book. I guess I gotta. But <laughs> you know what good. we're actually what we're talking about? It, it dawns on me what we're actually talking about is creativity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because I'm trying to, you know, even as I was saying it, like, what's the difference between learning something and just doing something over and over and over until you come to a better strategy? You know, these two methodologies and the, and the difference is creativity. Absolutely. Right? The difference is making a leap that you didn't iterate yourself into. It's making a creative leap into a, a place that you have to imagine rather than practice your way into. When does the computer stop emulating pop songs and when yeah. does it start writing original things and starting trends right. in pop songs and that's right? the difference you can simulate creativity right you can you can make a a an amalgamation of creativity a simulacrum of creativity mm-hmm. by just pulling bits that that human beings have decided are aesthetically pleasing and plugging them together. That's how AI is doing it right now. That's when you plug in, you know, a thousand novels and it writes its own novel. Uh, that's what we're doing right now, right? It's, right? it's just comparatively like creating things based on observation of what is aesthetically pleasing. But if it's actually making a, a creative leap and, and not just plug and play, not just iterating into that position, then I do think we have soul. I think that's what yeah. soul is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And once you, once you get to that point, it's funny the way you explained then it. I thought gods. about I, Then we're gods, I, Anthony. Then we're gods. That's the point at which we are gods. We've created souls. We've done it. We've done it. <laughs> GameStop to the moon. We've done it. Uh, no, yeah. uh, this, is, this is like... when you when you describe that just now it's funny because i'm thinking about it in terms of uh you were like oh when they they can put the pieces together stylistically but then when they start to really do their own thing and literally all i was thinking of is like a college creative writing student and then like and then like they become a novelist because they learn over time what their own voice is and by that definition ai is almost already creative I think it is creative. Interesting. Uh, I think a lot of, so many of us, like if I was to sit down and try to write a song right now, I would just take what I know works in other songs and I would put it together. Mm. It would take me a while to, to really be able to add my own flair to things. Right. Uh, So in that way, like in that way, like when, when we put in the first four bars of all star into a thing and, and there's that program that tries to finish the song. Yeah. And it does it with like random stuff. I mean, sometimes the song that it puts together fucking slaps. Like sure. it's not like like yeah. it's not all star. Like you're thinking, ha ha, that computer couldn't write all star. No, but it wrote a song, motherfucker, and it slaps. Yeah. yeah. And so it yeah. becomes when I think it becomes like a self awareness and a self reflection, right? Like when is the computer putting its own input into it? You know, yeah, its own experience. I guess I don't know, but that's still. It's it's, a, it, it, it's it's tricky. It's a tricky yeah. thing, which is why I think we're going to have a hard time at some point making a clear delineation between what's what is a human and precious and what is 
machine and disposable. Yeah. I think know? we're a long I think we're a long way from from having to worry about that. I think I think what this is going to give us first is faster, better specialized computers. I think about these these sort of computers as like I know they're not this, but I think of them as 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 ASICs. You know, ASICs are these chips that are built they're they're custom built to do one thing. They're computers that are built to crunch one thing really well. Um and I think about this as like well, we're, we're going to teach it to kind of think, but we're going to direct its programming to being a search engine, like a conversational search engine. And like, how much more will it be able to learn or how much, how much intelligence will it actually have? How many neurons are we talking about? How many connections are we talking about? Right. Mm, yeah. What's the, what's the size of its brain and what's the, what's the density of the neurons in its brain? And I think we're going to be a while until we get to where we're going to see like emotional and intellectual human sort of response for a while. It's just going to be real fast, real good computers. I think well, that'll be a, the then, sweet spot before we have to worry about their feelings. Yeah. But then know? one day computer try to kiss you. <laughs> That's going to be awkward. One day you awkward. ask computer, you tell computer computer, we got to make a, we got to make a flyer for the garage sale and computers say, I want to kiss you. And then that's the, that's the moment when it was super weird that you gave it the penis. Like up until that point, it didn't matter that it had the penis, right? No, but I, Joss was really, really adamant that we had the penis <laughs> and I don't know why. Well, it's for this moment when it tries to kiss you. It's all leading up to this moment, you know? Joss Whedon wasn't even going to help us design this computer, but the guy who designed the computer had to, had to had a family emergency and had to leave. <laughs> oh. And now, and now we've got to put penises all over this computer. You know what, though? I, I really hope that at some point we can get that guy's computer cut. You know what I mean? Compu- he, makes, he makes computers that are way too big. They take way, they take way too long to finish their <laughs> to finish their computations. If we can get that computer straight to streaming though, I feel like maybe it'll be a worthwhile endeavor. <laughs> Folks, this is an award-winning science comedy podcast. Indeed. Indeed it is. You may have been able to tell by the last minute wherein we made a science joke about a pop culture <laughs> event. That event being the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Now that is some quality high level improv that computers just can't do yet. Uh, an AI couldn't even, wouldn't even attempt that, you know, AI most people wouldn't never. attempt that. <laughs> AI could never, AI will ask you to kiss it before it can do that joke. Sure. Maybe, and that, maybe it's a taste thing. Maybe the computer just won't lower itself to that level. Whatever the case, we're doing it when no one else will. And for that, we think we deserve your support. That's what we think. There are lots of ways to do that. We've seen a lot of you uh, tweeting out about episodes. We've seen a lot of you um, sharing sharing things with your friends about the show. We've so gotten great. some one, we've gotten some wonderful fan art and stuff recently, and that is that is wonderful because that that honestly that's priceless because it's sharing your love of the show uh, with the rest of the with the rest of the internet with the people that you yeah. know and you're connected to, and and that's great because. That that hopefully brings some people to us and and brings them into the community and that is priceless. But also we want your money. Yeah, let's put a price on it though because that part is priceless. <laughs> but there is another part that has a price. And if you go to our Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash We Have Concern, you'll see a number of prices that we've already listed for extra stuff that you can get, extra parts of the show, maybe the beginning part of the show that you only hear the little last bit end of. You can get that whole part. For a very, very low monthly cost, you can join our Discord where really cool folks hang out. That's only a dollar. A dollar a month. You lose that munch in the couch cushions of your house you every month. You can't even support one of those one of those kids in, in a third world country for a dollar a month anymore. You can't no. you can't even uh, you can't even support like like a like a seal. You know, like there's things where you send a yeah. dollar in a month and they, they're like, don't worry, you're adopting a seal and you're not really well, adopting he's a, a seal. Talented, he's a very talented vocalist. <laughs> he really deserves de- more than that. He deserves more than that. And we haven't heard much from him since the split with Heidi, but uh, you can support him for just a dollar. <laughs> it's not even a dollar a month anymore. But for a dollar yeah. a month, you can jump on the Discord, uh, discuss not just science, but all kinds of other wonderful things with a community of like-minded concerned citizens. And of course, as Jeff was saying, the uh, the rewards just go up as your generosity goes up from there. Patreon.com slash we have concerns. Hey, Anthony, 
You love tiny stuff. Oh, dude, the tinier, the better. Right? I've been thinking about this a lot recently, Jeff, and I think it's like, I don't know what it is, but it really, it really permeates every part of my life. I enjoy like everything from a tiny, like a tiny dessert to like, I own (laughs) it to like a tiny dog. I was thinking about, I have like, I have like one of the smallest cars you can buy. I have an iPod mini. I like, I don't, I like, I don't understand why, but I just love tiny things. I have a mini disc player. I have three mini disc players. You got all those little tiny diorama houses things you were showing me uh, over the holidays, right? Yeah, I like those things. Uh, You can buy these like scale model dioramas of pleasant scenes and pleasant buildings. So tiny. They're great. They're like little Japanese build them yourself sets. I have little, I have little, I certainly have a ton of little figurines. Why, Jeff, is this an intervention? No, this is a, we're going down the rabbit hole of your tiny obsession. Oh, uh, Because... Because another Jay Martin in the Discord hey, posted Discord a story. All-Star. Yeah, posted a story uh, about the new, evidently new record holder for the tiniest reptile on the planet. I'm gonna give Jay Martin a nickname. Woo! We haven't done a nickname in a long time. This is That's a new right. nickname town. That's right. You submit enough stories. I'm not gonna tell you how many but I will give you a terrible nickname. Just a garbage nickname. Another Jay Martin is now La Vida Loca. <laughs> La Vida Loca. <laughs> oh, That's amazing. Right. Jay Martin, congratulations. Jay La Vida Loca Martin. Oh my. <laughs> I'm sure Kids a ask nickname parents. that will be cherished forever. <laughs> oh man. Okay, well... This is an article on Gizmodo about uh, a a new reptile, the new, evidently the new smallest reptile. Uh, this is a chameleon, I a chameleon that was discovered in northern Madagascar. You're familiar with the Madagascar series of films. I, I'm familiar with the penguins of Madagascar for sure. For sure, sure. yes. Uh, King Julian. This is a. I don't have a, a kid, tiny- and I know that. Jeff, are you proud of me? Very. I've never even seen those movies. I didn't even catch the reference. I, I was gonna. I thought I was stumping the band here, but no. The band knows Madagascar movies. That's right. That's right, baby. <laughs> uh, this is a chameleon that has been dubbed Brukesia nana, uh, which is abbreviated to B nana or banana <gasps> for short. B nana. <laughs> right. How great is that? Banana. <gasps> B-na- um, oh no! I just looked him up. Isn't he the cutest? Oh, no. He's on somebody. He's on the very tippy tip of somebody's fingy, and yeah. he's got room left. Oh, yeah. He's got plenty of room on that fingy. He's got he space not, to stretch out on that fingy. He wouldn't even take up the entire fingy nail. Look he's at him. on he could, a he match. Could. He's standing on a match head. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, 10,000 angels <laughs> on the head of is, a pin. This is evidently a smaller than an inch from head to the entire length of the tail. So this is a chameleon. Imagine a a traditional chameleon shrunk down like somebody got a shrinky ray and blasted that chameleon with a shrinky ray and shrink it down to the size uh, that would fit on your little fingy on the tippity tip top of your fingy, uh, less than an inch long. Um, Curse and- the ecosystem. Laws be damned. <laughs> I want him. I want a. I want a fingy lizard. <laughs> listen, Jeff. Listen, Jeff. The little fingy lizard could live inside one of my large dioramas that I built of a tiny oh apartment. Oh my god! Now, it's true. Now, listen, I've built a couple of these dioramas, Jeff. I've got one that's a two-story <laughs> coffee shop. Okay, it's a beautiful <laughs> yes. two-story coffee shop where you can just hang out, work, have a scone or a scone, depending on where you're from. And this this lizard, Jeff. Even in the size of this coffee shop, I think would not be human size, would be tiny dog in a coffee shop size. <laughs> and you he know how much really, chameleons love coffee? <laughs> he could stretch out, baby. He could live there so happily. You're saying that this chameleon, Beanana, would have a better life in your tiny coffee shop diorama than it would in the wilds of northern Madagascar is what you're saying. 
I don't know what Madagascar is like, but <laughs> other than uh, other than King Julian, really gets those penguins into some crazy hijinks. But Jeff, would it if if I put Fingy Lizard into large terrarium? Would Fingy Lizard no difference? How Fingy Lizard, how far do Fingy Lizard go in its entire life? Uh, not far. Uh, as, I as could I s- be the prime intellect and give this <laughs> Fingy Lizard everything it wants, Jeff. It would want for nothing and would only take a fraction of my day. Oh, it would take a, the tiniest fraction, and you probably would have. Think of the savings, the cost savings, and how much you would have to feed it. It's, uh, you know, you'd, you'd give it a thimble of water and that would last a week and a half, you know? Look at my big, dumb, idiot dog that takes up so much space. <laughs> and you have a Look small that. dog. Look at that schmuck eating food, breathing air. Yeah. I need a fingy lizard. How, tell me, you were about to tell me, this, this lizard don't go very far. No, here's the thing that's I find so fascinating about this story, other than its, its adorable image, which is as we've established you might be wondering what kind of lizard it looks like it's a chameleon it is a a chameleon it's like a tiny rango without a hat and it looks like a tiny rango we got all the animated movies it does look like a tiny rango now rango Uh, got into some shit (laughs) (laughs) how come they never made a rango too right that that movie deserved its sequel dude Rango rango was so weird good can I tell yeah. you something? So uh, when I was when I was doing when I was doing all my work with uh, with the Star War, obviously Lucasfilm ILM in the same building. There's a lot of Rango in that building. ILM is really? very proud of Rango. Yeah, as they should be. It's a good R- movie. I, I enjoyed that movie, but yeah, it's weird that it never got a sequel. It never. This, it didn't feel th- like it caught on. You know, this Fingy Lizard is the sequel. He's my Rango. <laughs> yeah, he's your Rango. We can, I'm gonna you name, can name him Rango. Rango. <laughs> little Rango in his uh, in his. Uh, in his diorama, his little coffee shop diorama. Holy shit. So here's what's so fascinating to me about this this lizard is Tell uh, me everything. The this miniaturization, this evolution into a tiny, tiny, tiny form of these creatures. Now, which these are of the same genus as chameleons. And interestingly, we know of chameleons. You think of chameleon, the first thing you think of, of course, is they change color to match their environment. They blend in. They're chameleons. But it turns out this genus, the chameleon, the Brookesia or Brookesia uh, genus, is uh, cons- comprises a whole bunch of chameleons that actually don't have that feature. There's a lot of chameleons that are still chameleons, but they don't actually change color. So this is one of those. It doesn't. That's good. Because if he was, if he changed color, he's so small, I'd be afraid I crush him. Well, you'd I'd lose sight of him. He'd just blend it right into your. To your diorama, and then you you know, is that a cup of coffee? Is that a chameleon? I don't know. I'm gonna put him in a Gundam. <laughs> Get in the robot. <laughs> Be Nana oh. fit in a Gundam. <laughs> Be Nana. Oh man. Uh yeah, so so interestingly, the miniaturization is a function, they believe, scientists believe, of being isolated on the island of Madagascar. That this kind of concentrated evolutionary direction, this direction of smaller, 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 is a function of it not really being able to integrate beyond a very closed ecosystem. So because it's an island... If you're smaller, you take less resources... You need fewer you need fewer things to survive, so the smaller ones continue to survive, and over time, Lil Nanner. That's right. That's right. So the, the smallest ones evidently either were able to subsist on smaller, scarce resources, or smaller <gasps> the, amount of sca- the scarce resources, the or the tiniest droplet of water. <laughs> yeah, a little thimbleful. Well, little, little thimbleina. Drown uh, in or, a thimble. Or for some reason in this particular habitat, even though this is atypical for the world at large, the the world of nature at large, this is atypical, but maybe in this particular habitat, this closed system, smaller meant predators were less able to eat them, right? So 
they you know they think that that's an outside chance but it's certainly a chance like usually in nature if you're you're teeny you get eaten by bigger stuff but perhaps if, in this if you're, particular if you're ecosystem so small if you're so small you 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 can't be found or and right. you can go pl- and you can go places where you can't be caught or maybe you can fit inside a Gundam, a tiny and then, Gundam, and now who's boss? Now With a who's tiny eating cowboy who? hat? I'm mixing now my metaphors. <laughs> now who's eating who, motherfucker? I oh have Gundam weapons. You know, you're not going to eat me, Predator. I'm going to Predator yo ass. Get that motherfucker in an RX-78. No, get that motherfucker <laughs> in a unicorn. Get it in a Gundam <laughs> unicorn. Oh my god, Jeff, islands islands is wild yeah these closed uh, ecosystems allow these kind of um really extreme evolutionary trajectories that end up with you know with with classifications of these these you know these sub genus you know these subspecies uh that uh are unlike anything else you find anywhere else because they've been evolving 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 in a very specific way yeah there's there's a hyper specificity to exactly. the, to these exact these exact environmental conditions where nothing can come in from the outside really and change those conditions exactly uh, and uh, so shit that, can get wild uh, yeah we've seen that um in, in New Zealand there used to be 12 foot tall birds called moas on Malta there used to be wolf sized elephants very small elephants uh, um, that's the kind of thing that you see in these in these remote sort of island locations where they get broken away from the larger population and evolve in a very specific direction. Damn. You remember in the in the original Jurassic Park book where before they made dinosaurs, Hammond was trying to make tiny elephants that were going to be pets for kids? Yes. Yes. But they were but mean. That, for some reason, sh- the tinier yeah. you made them, they, they made them meaner and <laughs> yes. meaner. Well, there's that shot too in Jurassic World where they're like panning across the park and you see like tiny triceratops that are like meant to be playing with kids. Yeah, yeah. it's a little disturbing. It's super disturbing. Hey, hey, Jurassic World, why don't you give that little girl dinosaur powers? <laughs> Jurassic World, you were fucking hinting the whole time that you were going to give that girl dinosaur powers and then you didn't. Yeah. If you're going to get wild Jurassic World 2, <laughs> get fucking wild. If you're going to put a laser garbage. on a raptor, then you can give that girl dinosaur powers. The problem is not that the movie didn't go fu- the, the movie went too far, Jeff. The problem is that the movie did not go far enough. Mm. If you're going to give if you're going to do underground raptor laser auctions, then you can give the little girl retractable claws. Yeah, and a I don't think it, vert. I don't think that makes the movie better, but uh, I'm, you know, you certainly got have license to do it. You've got the uh, setup right there in front of you. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you what I want this next movie to be. I want this next movie to be <laughs> the ra- the the, uh, the Jurassic Squad, <laughs> a series yeah. of dinosaur powered teens. Look, it's gonna be. Chris Pratt riding a laser raptor into mm-hmm. battle. Yeah. Cause we already know they have laser raptors. So you can't take that back. Now you've rung that bell. Okay. <laughs> it's canon. It's canon. Which then, which then means, Hey, couldn't Bryce Dallas Howard be flying on a Terra on a pterosaur that drops bombs? Probably. If this, then that, <laughs> why not? Yeah. Now we're and in one reign of fire territory, my friend. And then the little girl, who has dinosaur powers that were not revealed. <laughs> it's all set up for this movie. It's a it set up for this movie. And it's them and their smart dinosaurs with lasers and weapons against mm-hmm. all the other dinosaurs that are dumb and deserve to be shot with lasers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Am I, um, am I wrong? Is this not where the Jurassic franchise should go? Uh, it's, it's one direction. That we could go, certainly. Yeah. I'm not sure it's better. Okay, well, it's here's the, here's the rules of the writer's room, Jeff. If you yeah. can't come up with a better idea, <laughs> then my idea is the one that we go with. I'm not True. just going to have you sitting here spreading your negativity in the writer's room. No, I, 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 that's fair. That's fair. I, di- I didn't have anything better, so I guess that's what we go with. 
yeah. with this multi-billion now, dollar franchise. Now show me you're a team player and give me a third kind of dinosaur <laughs> with a weapon. Mm, I want to see... Uh, I, I want to see the Stegosaurus where it attacks with its crazy flying Stegs, right? Show me uh, Stegs that shoot off. Oh, flying shooting Stegs. stegs. Yeah. Yeah. The Stegosaurus. Like Give me those Stegs flying. I love a Stegosaurus. Who doesn't love a Stegosaurus? Yeah. Um, let me can sell you on this, Madagascar can, a bit more. Can I have more. this lizard? Can I you have can this have the lizard? lizard? But, you, but hey, before you make your purchasing decision on little, little tiny lizard boy. Lil Rango. Lil Rango. Let me just hip you to the fact that Madagascar, for whatever reason, just seems to be a tiny place for tiny things. Yeah. They, they have some of the smallest primates, some of the smallest frogs in the world. Everything has evolved independently, but for some reason in Madagasca- Madagascar, stuff be tinier. It's a t- it's tiny island. It's a little island. I have to go to Madagascar. <laughs> I have to. Bring my dioramas and go to Madagascar. I have to. Hey, Jeff, I'm being very serious right now. Can I have lizard? Is there a way to have lizard? Is lizard well, endangered? Is lizard safe if it leaves Madagascar? Lizard, lizard is very much endangered. Fuck! Um, I can never have they, anything I want. But what recently the habitat of Banana was declared a protected area, which hopefully Fuck. will stall the threats to the lizard's life. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely very endangered. Um, the other thing we need to, I need to tell you about little little lizard uh, before you sign off on your custody is, you know, we talked a lot about robot penis in the last segment. Uh, sure. I got to tell you about, I got to tell you about little Rango's wang danger. Uh, so males are the smallest are smaller than the females in this bee Nana uh, species. But in, in relation to their body size, they have enormous penises because the penis couldn't shrink down any smaller because the females were still a bit larger than the males. And so in order to continue the species, they have to have big old, big old, big old wangdangers. Huh? They call them a hemipenes. This is the, uh, wow. Okay. Relative to their size. This is the, uh, Brachigi- this is the Brachigia Whedon. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> in relation to their size their hemipene uh is uh is enormous just massive now that's not that's not really a piece of information i need to know to to want to have one as a pet i'm just saying i don't know if, i don't know what kind of a establishment you want your diorama coffee shop to be you know if I, I just, just having a I large penis. It just somebody having a large penis doesn't make them riffraff. We let John Ham into every fucking coffee shop in this city. <laughs> We're excited to see him when he walks in. Mm-hmm, that's true. And it's true. And, we make a good and, point about the John Ham. This is the John Ham of and reptiles. And he wears basketball shorts and no underwear like half the time. So like, it's yeah. not like he's hiding it. Right. So I'm not. I'm not worried about this lizard coming into my coffee shop. Or riding his Gundam to my coffee shop. <laughs> you know? I'm just saying maybe you have to, you know, maybe you have to make some room in the cockpit of the Gundam. Oh, sure. That makes sense. Just need a little that reorganization there, you know? It sucks that this is an endangered species. Uh, yeah, but, you know, Earth, we're not really taking care of it too well in general. I would imagine that a fragile island ecosystem like Madagascar is probably is probably getting put through the ringer over the last 10 years. Yeah. Deforestation is rampant on Madagascar. Uh, They are deforesting it like a motherfucker. Uh, The slash and burn agriculture. uh, They're they're destroying all these tiny species. And the the worst part is you don't even you can't even tell because they're so small you just you just you knock the tree down you don't even tell there's so many they, they actually in the uh, in this article they talk about how difficult it was to find these bananas because uh you, you they're so they're so incredibly small that you have to have an incredibly well-trained 
person to spot them in the trees. Uh. And there is a local herpetologist uh, at uh. the University of Madagascar that uh, is an expert at spotting these things, can, can spot, spot them in the trees. That is, that is heartbreaking. I, but I do want to go disturb their habitat to look at them. Is that wrong? I mean, so adorable. So adorable. If I have that guy who can, who can see them. Yeah. If I have him carry me so I don't step <laughs> in the wrong place. Yes. Can he take me to see tiny lizard? <laughs> I mean, I can t- send him an email. I wonder what ecotourism is like on Madagascar. I bet after those movies came out, it probably skyrocketed, right? All these little kids are like, mommy, take me to Madagascar. Wow. Madagascar prides itself on ecotourism and has seen its rate of deforestation decrease from 0.82% to 0.4% over the last couple of years. Hey, that's good. The nature reserves and resorts lining the tropical island allow them to maintain the untouched feel that makes Madagascar such a special place. Tiny place. Full of tiny things. Special tiny place. Uh-huh. I wanna, listen, I want two shots of that good Moderna in my arm. And I want to get on, I want to get on a, I would imagine it's a seaplane. I would imagine it's a seaplane. Oh yeah. You got to land on the water. You got to land on the water at Madagascar. That's the and only way you arrive. I want to go on a seaplane to see my, my sweet little Rango. That's what I He's want. He's waiting for you. I know he is. How many wonderful things are waiting for me on Madagascar? I wonder. <laughs> Probably so many. Let's send Anthony to Madagascar, everybody. God, I love a tiny thing. Ugh. The smaller, the place. smaller, uh, the smaller something is. Do you know what I, do you know what I found, Jeff? What'd you do find? You know, that, you know how much I love ice cream. Yeah. That's something do you, I don't want a small amount of. Right. But have you seen these itty bitty Ben and Jerry's containers of ice cream? Yeah. They yeah. look like pints, but tiny. And you can buy like seven of them for like the same <laughs> price as a pint. <laughs> they're like, they're like shot glasses of ice cream. Yeah, and then you can just have you can have all the little flavors lined up in front of you, and they're in, they're in tiny little pints. <laughs> it's like doing Jello shots, <laughs> buddy. Let me tell you, if you haven't done that for yourself yet, this let me listen. I don't know anything about families. I don't have one like you do. But here's mm-hmm. what's up. I bet you you today don't order from Instacart because they're union busters. But you you pre order, you pick it up at your Ralph's. You get you get like twenty. Of these little, these little tiny, an assortment of these little tiny Ben and Jerry's things, these pints, and you lay them all out, the different flavors. Yeah. And I bet you, I bet you're the fucking hero of the house. It's Everybody's like going to have a good time. Everybody's going <laughs> to have a good time. Well, you're ruining me because, you know, you, you, you set me on this Jenny's path uh, months ago, and we've, all we've done is Jenny's. I, I haven't had a Ben and Jerry's in months because all I do is the Jenny's because sure. it's so delicious. Sure. But they don't make the little ones. They don't make the little ones. They don't make the little ones. And let me tell you something. Jenny's is better than Ben and Jerry's, but everything tastes better when it's in like a little tiny, <laughs> tiny packaging. You're saying that the, t- the tininess is great because you can have like 47 flavors. Is what you're saying? Yeah. You have like a little and you feel like a giant when you eat it. You're like, oh, <laughs> it's like when you pretend broccoli is a tree. And you're like, mm, oh, yeah. ma- fuck yeah. you, Madagascar. Take this deforestation. <laughs> it's like that broccoli thing, except it tastes good. Except it tastes good. And like <laughs> your kids don't know it's small to them. It's big. Yeah. To them, it's huge. Uh, to them, they it's huge. And they get to have like multiple flavors. I'm telling you, you're going to be this, a hero. I'll just tell them that's what no- that's the normal size for ice cream. That's what that's what size ice cream comes in. Kid. And then the, when they first see an actual tub of ice cream. Their minds will be fucking blown. It's illegal for me to even have this much ice cream in one place, kid. <laughs> we got to eat this before the cops come, is what you tell them. <laughs> tell them dad's a spy and we're on the run. Yeah. There's a lot Don't of fun anything. ways this could go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don't worry, Jeff. I'll raise your kids. I got good ideas. Well, you know what? The one thing I would enjoy if you raised my kids would be they would have an amazing pet, you know, inside a Gundam. Uh they would love a little Rango. I think they would. Folks, should tell me this, concerned citizens. Should I steal a little Rango? 
I know they're endangered and it's a bad idea and we're very responsible and we care about the environment here, but you just let me know. Just one. It's just if one that's not going to hurt anything. One little right? Rango. You're the only one. You're the only one that has it outside of Madagascar. What could go wrong? What could go wrong, little Rango? Uh, <laughs> you can let us know either on Twitter. I'm at a Carboni. I'm at Jeff Canada. Or you can talk about having a little Rango of your own on the Discord. We do have an entire channel for pets. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure that pet channel is going to go off with some Rango speculation. Oh, dude. Rampant Rango speculation like we haven't seen since <laughs> since the original film um <laughs> if you want to join that discord all you got to do is head to patreon.com slash we have concerns and sign up support the show for a dollar a month or more do it do it and let's let's get me a little rango or not Anthony i'm asking rango. you if it's a good idea <laughs> probably gonna do it you should do it I, if there's any way to do it, I might do it.